Hey, everybody. This is Brian Dodd, uh, co-host of the Pursuit of Service podcast, and we want to welcome you to to this edition. Uh, This is a special edition. It's our first edition of 2021, and Jeff and I are going to share with you our three top goals. Now, Jeff and I both have more than three goals we want to, to accomplish this year, but just for the sake of timing and for the sake of this audience, we're going to dive into our top three and uh, so with that being said, get your, get your uh, pens out, get your laptops out, however you take notes, and hopefully these will inspire you to set some great goals for yourself. So uh, welcome aboard, and let's get ready for this edition of the Pursuit of Service podcast. Happy New Year, Brian. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing, my friend? Excellent, excellent. It's uh, We were talking before, and it's uh, kind of the continuation of my favorite time of the year with the holidays, but really launching into a new year with you know fresh eyes and fresh, per- fresh perspective and optimism looking forward. So I'm just, I'm really excited. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're recording this the, the day after the... Uh, the, I'll just call it the assault on the Capitol. And, uh, but I'm, I'm mm. like you, in spite of that event, I'm very optimistic about 2021. Uh, I think uh, some great things are going to happen, uh, both individually for us, uh, individually for the listeners. And I think it's going to be a great year. And, and I think we got a lot to look forward to this year. Definitely. I'd be remiss not to comment on the, the Capitol events of yesterday. Um, and what I want to encourage listeners to think about is lift your eyes forward and up because we choose to improve our lives, our circumstances, ultimately our country. We can, in, we can choose to improve those things. So, you know, something like that can spur feelings of hopelessness and I give up and, you know, it's all lost and I never thought I'd see the capital fall, which is all true, but we can choose ourselves to make things better. And it starts with today, it starts with me and looking at the man in the mirror. So as a transition into the goals, those that know me know that I'm pretty intent on goal setting each year. Mm -hmm. But importantly, it's in the context of where I want to go with my life and my purpose and where God is leading me. It's never random pot shots and just knock things off some sort of checklist. There's a strategy to it. There's it's not arbitrary. The goals are specific to take me um, where I want to go in terms of improvement and things of that nature. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think those are good words. I, I was very interested to hear your thoughts on it just due to your, um, you know, military background and your service to our country and just how you would, you would frame yesterday and how you would see it. And, um, you know, it's very complex and there's going to be novels of books written about you know this time period so to try to catch anything in a catchphrase i mean you're just bordering on minimizing it or even irresponsibility if you're not careful i think one of the things that i that every listener in terms of a practical thing that you can take from yesterday is this anytime you put your personal agenda above the agenda of the organization that you're serving. 
And in this case, it's the president in the United States. But for you, it might be your family. It might be your department, your athletic team, your company. But any time that, that your personal agenda supersedes what's best for the organization, uh, that, you know, calamity is, is going to break out. Now, the scope of that calamity could, you know, will vary based upon the scope of your responsibilities. But, but yes, leaders should always lead, as this podcast says, from, from a posture of service and helping people get better and helping organizations win and succeed. And so yesterday, in my mind, was a picture of the antithesis of all that. But that is minimizing a much larger story, obviously, but just for, for just a little takeaway for the listeners that's one of the ways that I process yesterday. Well, there's your masterclass listeners right there. We could end the episode on that right there. <laughs> That's perfect. That's tremendous. Well, thank you very much. Well, with, with that said, you know, let's just dive right in. So Jeff, what, what, uh, this is probably not in order. It's just probably going to be the first one you're, you're giving us, but give us your first goal that you want to accomplish in 2021 and, and why you're wanting to do that. Yeah, so I always have some sort of physical challenge or something I want to accomplish in terms of um, my fitness and my health and things of that nature. And this year, it's to complete a half Ironman triathlon. Um, and I've already signed up for it. It's later in the year. Um, and the background to that is I used to compete in international length triathlons, or it's known as Olympic length, what they do in the Olympics, uh, which is roughly half a mile swim. 25 mile bike ride and then a 10k or about a six mile run i mean i've done several of those but that's the longest length i've done um and the half iron man is about twice that all the way around so it's about a mile or so swim 50 or 56 miles on the bike and then a 13.1 or a half marathon run on top of that it's about a six hour event um so it'll be a challenge i'm really excited about it the other thing is uh, it's going to force me to tailor my daily training and workouts to it because uh, I do a lot of weightlifting right now and I'm not a bodybuilder or, or uh, competitive power lift or anything like that. So I'm going to have to back off of that and increase more of the endurance training um, to okay. intentionally get to that level of endurance uh, later in the year. So I'm excited. All right. So for all of us who do not participate in these uh, let's just call them extreme athletic events. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask the obvious question. Why do you want to put your body through this? And why do you, why do you want to go through the pain of this type of athletic endeavor? That's a great question. There's two answers. The first is I know that in order to accomplish that, the process that I will have to go through to get there will most definitely improve me. Okay. In terms of planning, discipline, um, and all those things. Uh, and then the second is, you know, with the health part of it and the being cha the challenging part of it, there's something about me that sort of likes pain. <laughs> so, so being in that, you know, situation where, you know, like we said in an episode or so ago, you know, one step in front of the other, it'll be a mental challenge for, you know, six, six and a half, seven hour race. Um, and so, I'll be challenging myself to keep going um, in that mental toughness piece. So, and then after that, you you know, it's always worse during the event than after the event. So you look back and say, oh, it wasn't so bad because you're 
on the high of accomplishing it. So, yeah, I had a friend and he's actually still a friend who was a world rank, uh, triathlete for his age group. Mm. And, um, you know, I talked to him about that one day and, you know, he goes, you know, Brian, the reality is anybody can do it as long as you love lactic acid Yes, and you're willing to endure pain for significant amounts of time. Yeah, yep. And uh, I'm like, well, evidently, I don't love lactic acid, so I'll dive into my first goal because it kind of piggybacks off yours. Now we're going to talk about two extremes here. Um, so I want to lose 21 pounds in 2021. So there you go. Last year, last year is a continuation of last year. I did not put on a COVID you know, COVID-19, I actually lost 30 pounds. And the reason for that is just real simple. I'm turning 55 in February. I want to keep my A1C down or my, yeah, A1C down. Uh, my mom died due to diabetic issues. And, you know, I have a tendency in that area. So the number one thing I can do is just watch diet and keep my weight down. Kind of fell off the wagon a little, little bit during the holidays but if I, if I lose 21 pounds in 2021, uh, that will put me in a nice place uh, weight-wise. You know, it's funny, you, you're wanting to go through this to learn about yourself, develop skills and abilities, you know, things of that nature. I'm just trying to live longer, you know? So my, my bar of expectation <laughs> compared to yours is down low, but it does require planning and it does require discipline and it will require sacrifice, but certainly nothing on your level. So. Well, what I will say is uh, I really like that goal because that really feeds into just the whole concept of, of what we do when we set goals and that's a long-term growth or improvement. And so to lose 30 pounds one year um, is tremendous and you're keeping going. You know, you're, you're moving that bar and you're continuing down the path because your overarching purpose is health in this case, you know, as opposed to your typical new year's resolution where, okay, cool. I lost some weight, check the box. And then it yo-yos right back because there's not a purpose in a direction behind it. So good for you. And, and the other thing is the more weight you lose, the harder it is to do so. So you're continuing to be aggressive and ambitious and I love it. Yeah. Great. Great. So what's your, what's your second one? So the second one's a little more personal, uh, and just to give a little bit of background, at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of 2020, my wife Laura and I, as a part of our goal setting, decided that we wanted to have a date night every single week. So for years, we talked about setting up more date nights and once a month, and it just never made the calendar or the schedule. Well, last year, we decided we were going to have a date night every single week. Um, so we shifted our uh, babysitter's hours around, our nanny who helps us out during the week uh, to accommodate for that. And, you know, we may have missed a couple over the course of the year, but I would say 85, 90% of, you know, the weeks we got that one in. So this year to build on that, um, we've decided that our goal will be to try something new on those date nights once okay. a month. So, you know, if you're going out on 45 or 50 dates a year, there's a lot of dinners and a lot of restaurants. So in order to switch it up, we decided we want to do something together and new once a month. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, COVID will probably, probably made date nights real challenging in the last year, you know, depending on how, 
how you or Laura are, are, are wired, you know, is a place safe? Should we go there? You know, th those type of things. Yes. So, yes. There's a lot of that. And we're still kind of, you know, trying to think through and battle through that. But sometimes it's just a matter of getting creative, you know, like pick up a curbside meal and then sit outside somewhere and in a park or something like that. So there's definitely some, some challenge and creativity to it, but that's not an obstacle. Yeah. Well, if you run completely out of things to do, feel free to say, Hey, let's call up Brian and Sonia and do a double date. That'll be new. Oh yeah. That'll be great. Especially with them. So that might check something off your list. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, my second one is also a relationship goal. Now, obviously, you know, and, and this goes without saying, but just to say it, you know, to get it on the record, obviously Jeff and I want to be better Christians, better husbands, better fathers. Uh, that's an action step he's taking in that direction. My relationship goal is I want to make 12 new friends this year. That's great. So let, let me describe what I, what I mean by, by that. Um, it does not have to be what's called a 3 a.m. friend. That is something goes wrong, who can you call at 3 a.m. and they'll take the call and help you, okay? But I do want to have 12 new friends who are above acquaintances. And so I've already, you know, started doing some, some things. One thing that's easy for me with, with people at church is I work on the parking team. And I really like the way our parking team operates and, you know, I'll invite people just say, hey, if you want to hang out with some great guys and love on people for 20 seconds at a time and get them in the door in a loving fashion, you know, based upon the size of our parking lot and the number of cars, you, you know, you don't have to be a logistics expert to park the cars, you know, they can take care of themselves. Yeah. But the ministry aspect, the relational aspect from the car to the building where you then hand them off to the greeters. Um, yeah, if you just want to hang out with some great guys and build some great friendships, come join us. So I've yeah. already invited two people this year to our team. Uh, one has already started serving. And uh, this past week, I met with a local coach uh, who wants me to come speak to his uh, baseball team. And so I asked him where he went to church, and he mentioned that he was visiting Piedmont Church, where you and I attend. And so I immediately said, well, if you're still figuring that out, why don't you come join us in the parking lot? You know, yeah. but those are the kind of things I'm doing is uh, that. And obviously I'll meet people through my work and socially and just other, other aspects, but yeah, you can never have enough friends. You know, I know there's people that are unirelational that they operate best with just one friend. I'm not wired that way. But if I can add 12 new friends to my circle, uh, that will be a very, very nice year in 2021. That's great. And I love the heart behind it, you know, centering around service and, and relationship building. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, do you enjoy people? You know, if you're going to be a leader, you have to enjoy people. And I'm fascinated by people's stories you know, the purpose of human life is for God to tell the wonderful story of the love of his son for the entire world through each and every human life. That's the purpose of life. So when you meet somebody, the first thing you should do mentally is say, how is Jesus speaking through their life? And what is Jesus telling the world about himself through that person? 
Mm-hmm. And that's a story worth finding out with anybody that you meet. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited about what 2021 is going to look like from the, from the relational perspective. All right. That's great. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned there, you know, the leaders should be concerned about other people. And I would even amplify that a little to say that a leader should be more concerned with the people around them than themselves. Um, so that's great. And so my third one is relational and it has a little bit of that undertone too. Okay. Um, but I really want to focus on, and, and let me say that this one's not uh, so easily measured. So a good practice is to have a measurable goal. This one's a little more vague. Um, although I have a couple of nuanced ways to, to evaluate, but, um, my last goal is really to focus on team building, okay. team building kind of all around my life. Um, and that, that applies to a couple of areas that I'll describe here. Um, one of them is at work. Um, it's a goal of mine to recruit somebody to come either work with me, um, or, or maybe merge with me or, or basically join my team and, and the guys that I work with. So I want to recruit somebody. Um, and then in my volunteer work in the organizations around me, which are primarily, um, the church, the U S army ranger association and the Northeast Cobb business association. Uh, I want to build leaders around me, um, to really accomplish and serve those communities, uh, greater than I can by myself. And so that's hard to measure, but really the point is to equip people around me um, and and to build a team to work together rather than solo. No, that's great. I, you know, I, I, this will be a good time for me just to kind of throw this in here is why is team building so important to the leader? Okay. And there's a couple of reasons why, and I won't hit them all. There's books written on the subject, but let me just hit a couple real fast. Number one, as a leader, you should be so excited about what you're doing and what you're involved in. You cannot comprehend somebody else not wanting to be a part of that and as excited about it as you are. Oh, that is pure gold. Yeah. That so you're naturally like, you want to be a part of this. Don't miss this. Hey, I'm building this team. Here's what we're going to accomplish. Here's the difference it's going to make. Here's the lives it's going to change. Why would you not want to be a part of this? Look. Here's how you join, okay? So there should be that passion component. The second reason is this. All individuals on this planet have a cap on what they can produce. Yes. All, all every, everyone, everyone listening, Jeff and I, we have a cap on what we produce. However, when we build a team and invest in that team, and release them to become whatever God's called them to be within the context of our organization, then we're in the multiplication. And then at that point, we can accomplish more by the people who have come around us and we've invested in. Yeah. So, so those are just two very practical reasons why every leader should be looking at, at team building all the time and Jeff, for you specifically, that's a goal. So we'll we'll definitely be cheering you on with that. So yeah, what's your last one? Yeah, so mine, you know, it's kind of we're you and I are really in three buckets. Mine's reading forty books this year, and I've actually done that about three or four years in a row now, uh, but I'm doing it different this year. So in the past, I've kind of blown through these books. And I'm sure they've made me smarter. 
and a handful of them have really stuck out. And I'm sure that the information is buried on the gray matter of my brain somewhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am changing the way I'm reading this year that when I finish a book, rather than immediately going into the next book, and you and I have talked about this before, sometimes you got three or four books going simultaneously. But whenever I finish a book, take about a day or two and really journal and, and, and draft out the lessons you've learned from that book and take some time to reflect, write it down and really drill at home how you can apply the lessons from that book. That's great. Yeah. I, I really admire, uh, how, how much you read and I, I enjoy reading and I read a lot too, and I read more than I watch TV. Uh, but man, 40, that's, that's amazing. Well, it's, yeah, it's three plus a month. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, none of them are war and peace. I mean, you know, they're not 800 to a thousand pages. You know, I'm, I'm not reading Winston, you know, the Winston Churchill, you know, chronicles. Yeah. The books are generally two to 300 pages. Still. Uh, so Good so yeah, that, that's what I read. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've got me a plan set up. I've already finished one book already this year. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I want to do. I just want to get smarter and more equipped and just try to keep leading better. It's a changing world. I got to look at stuff completely differently and, and uh, keep my core values the same. But some of the applications, um, I got to just look at differently. And so, yeah, that's my, that's my goal for this year. Yeah. Leaders or readers. Can I ask you a couple of questions about your, your reading plan for the year? Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of books. Do you, how many in advance are you already planning out? I mean, like, okay, I have 20 that I've already highlighted and ordered for my next 20. And then you kind of keep an eye out or, or is it kind of go as you go, or do you have 40 already identified? How does that work? Yeah. Great question. So, you know, like I said, I've been doing this about three or four years So it's not like there's this ton of books written in the past that I haven't read. You know, I've read them. Um, So the new release list on Amazon is my lifeline. And you can go there and they've got like 26 different categories. And, you know, uh, sports and outdoors, business and money, self-help, which a lot of the leadership books fall under self-help. Those are three categories that I really kind of focus in on. Um, So really in terms of books coming up, I'm really looking at the Amazon list and getting stuff as it's coming out. So sometimes like Adam Grant's got a book coming out in February. Adam Grant is a Harvard professor. He wrote this great book a couple of years ago called Originals. And it was an unbelievable book on creativity. Well, his book coming out in February is on thinking, how to, how to unlearn and relearn as you move forward into the future. So I'm very excited about that book. Um, but the next new release book that I'm aware of is a book coming out in April. So I'm going to have to pick some secondary business books that mm-hmm. you know looked interesting, but they really didn't excite me. Well, I'll have the margin to go back and get them and then pick up new releases as they come along. So, okay. Okay. That's good. So yeah. And on the sports books, here's how sports books operate. 
they generally release a lot of books when the season starts for that particular sport. Mm, like for instance, the whenever whenever somebody writes a good book, I mean a legitimate author who I respect writes a book on how the Los Angeles Dodgers were built and how they won the World Series, I will buy that book. Yeah. Because I will want to know how did they construct a team? How did they deal with adversity? How did they identify talent? How did they manage high capacity personalities? That kind of thing. I'll buy that book when it comes out. Um, and other business books that are hot topics, when they come out, yeah, I'll get them. Uh, but my reading plan, honestly, Jeff, just due to the way books are released is just month to month. Got it. Um, so my next question is, and, and I'm guilty of this, I, and you mentioned, you know, you wanted to get smarter and things of that nature, and that's kind of my philosophy too. Um, and so one challenge that I come across when I'm reading books is that I don't read any fiction. Almost every book that I read is along the uh, categories of that you're describing. Um, yeah. So they're all pretty serious. Sometimes they're pretty dense. You know, it's almost not always leisurely, which is fine. I enjoy it. Uh, but I'm just curious because I know that, you know, there is value to reading different types of literature and, uh, you know, fiction and things of that nature. I just feel like I'm not smart enough to waste a book that I'm reading on something that's not true. <laughs> I want Everything I'm reading, I, I feel like I need to catch up and get a little smarter. So that that's behind that. But do you read fiction books at all? No. I, and it, look, it's a personal preference for me. Um, you know, I. This is a leadership podcast, okay? So here's what I would say to leaders. Uh, John Maxwell in the book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, has a, has a law called the law, of, the law of Priorities. And the Law of Priorities says that leaders evaluate everything through a leadership bias. In other words, they're pulling leadership stuff out of, out of everything. You know, when something happens, they view it from a leadership perspective. Um, so if you enjoy fiction, you know, you, you want to read that. I would just tell the people on this podcast, number one, read what you enjoy reading. You just want to develop that muscle. And then what happens is, as your interest change, then, then you can change with it. But whatever you read, read it through a leadership lens. Yeah. You know, if you're reading Tom Sawyer, okay, read Tom Sawyer through a leadership lens. You know, just pull the leadership principles out of it and and that'll make you a better leader and look even if you read nonfiction, if you don't read it through a leadership lens unless somebody spells it out like you know here is amazon's 10 core values unless it spells it out that plainly if you don't read it through a leadership lens you're not going to be able to pull it out even if it's nonfiction. Ah, oh, that's great. That's great. I love that perspective. And so we're learning a lot. I'm learning a lot just listening to you about reading um, now. So let's revive our segment on uh, what we're learning recently. So what have you been learning about All recently? Right. So this is kind of where my nerdiness kind of comes in. So um, I'm looking for new areas of leadership that I can learn from, you know, and I, and I picked European soccer because they just have such a passion about that sport in Europe, okay? I mean, it's college football. That's the closest thing Americans can compare it to, okay? That level of passion and energy. 
So in January, uh, and there'll be some other books worked in, because like I said, we got three or four going on, but, but I'll read three books on European soccer. And the first book I finished is called Even the Defeats, How Sir Alex Ferguson Used Setbacks to Inspire Manchester United's Greatest Triumphs, okay? So this is, I got this book because I want to know how to, how to handle failure, okay? That's what that's about, how to handle failure. And here's what I learned from it. Failure is nothing more than information. Failure is information. It's a data point. Okay. So when you fail, it's just information. What did you learn from it? What did it teach you? What did it tell you? And what decisions are you going to make based upon this new information you've been provided that'll make you more successful in the future? That was the number one thing I took from that book. That's great. And it's so valuable because uh, everybody faces challenges and failures and mistakes. And um, it, it kind of leads into one of the points of what I'm learning about right now. Um, and I mentioned one of these before, so I won't always mention it, but I'm watching um, the show on Netflix called uh, Coaches yeah. Rules for Life. And I know you've seen it. Um, and I previously spoke about Doc Rivers. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but um, I did recently watch the one with Serena Williams coach, uh, Patrick Moritagalu. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, and it was pretty good. So I'm just going to read uh, his bullet points here that he used as, as rules for life. Um, and some of that will echo what you're talking about. The first is your greatest weakness can become your greatest strength. I think that requires my, you know, my addition is that requires us to identify it and intentionally do so. Um, but that's a pretty, pretty unique point. Uh, the next one is never afraid to get fired. And I love that because it's centered around doing the right thing. And this is servant leadership at its best is, you know, when he was coaching Serena, he wasn't afraid to get fired because he was going to give the best advice to her whether or not she liked it or not. And, and if she didn't like it and fired him, well, he still did the right thing for her benefit, not for his. So that's at the core of that. Uh, the third one is pretty tremendous too. He said, mistakes are inevitable, but don't let them contain you. And that's just huge. And that's kind of what you were talking about with your book. But he had a quote in that section uh, of the movie. And it said, um, where he said, failure and frustration are two of the best things that can happen to you if you handle them the right way. Right. And that's so true. Uh, the fourth one is emotions are the worst advisors. Um, you know, we can often react uh, improperly. And so uh, come off your emotion and, and think clearly and based on process. That's why I'm a very process driven person. Uh, the fifth one is um, let them know that they're not alone. Again, quintessential leadership, when you're leading people, they need to know that you're behind them and that you're with them. Um, and then the last one is a good lie uh, can become the truth. I don't necessarily like the term lie, but uh, there is an element of framing information for somebody to encourage them to get there. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't advocate telling somebody untrue things, but there is an element of, you know, you are strong enough to accomplish this. Yeah, I they may not even know it. So yeah, I think that Netflix show is outstanding. You know, you and I have talked about that in a previous episode. And I think 
I think the episode you're referencing of, I think there's six of them. That is the best one in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah, um, so. so if you're, if you're going to that, I mean, I'd, I'd watch the whole thing, but, but his episode, I'd go to it first. And what I remember about that, and this is how, if you've got, if you got children, um, I don't remember, and I'm going off memory, Jeff, you can correct me. I don't know if he was just an introvert or if he had a speech impediment or something of that nature, but as a young, as a, as a young child, he had no friends and he did not talk at school. Yeah. And, and the specific context was, and it relates to his first point, uh, was that he, I don't know if it was a speech impediment or just extreme. I think it was just extreme, extreme, like paralyzing shyness. And he said he didn't talk to anybody ever. He said he went to a therapist for a full year before he said his very first word. Um, and then that's where he came to your greatest weakness can become your greatest strength because ultimately he is um, an excellent and elite communicator with the athletes that he works with. Yeah. And I remember another thing he said out of that is he became a, because he wasn't talking all the time, he became a master at observation. Yep. Yep. And so what he can do, he can look at a tennis player and find out very easily what it takes for them to go to the next level. Yep. And then I love what you said about, you know, not uh, being afraid to be fired. Um, I mean, let's just be honest. Venus Williams is a high octane personality, you know, yeah, and is probably surrounded by a bunch of yes people. I, I don't know Venus, obviously. I'm not in her circle, but, you know, you, you could understand if that was the case. And he's like, if, if you're going to be the tennis player you can be, you're not going to like this, but here's what you have to do. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable for everybody involved but it did make her the greatest female tennis player who's ever lived. Yeah, definitely. And, and there's so much to that, that we can apply. It's, you know, I think we all need someone in our life that can point those things out to us because, you know, even in our day-to-day -day lives, if we're not unchecked, then we may lose perspective on um, our own shortcomings. Um, and then ultimately, like I said before, it's being uncomfortable delivering the truth. Yeah. You can do it lovingly, but you got to be direct. So, yeah. And I want to touch on, cause I felt like you did, Jeff, I thought you brought up a very good point. That whole, sometimes you have to lie, which was his last point. And just for the listeners, here's basically what was happening. If he was wanting somebody to improve their game at the net, he would say, look, I'm charting you. You're winning 80% of the points at the net. Why don't you go play at the net? Well, they weren't winning 80%. <laughs> Yeah. Point. So I, I, you know, obviously you and I are, are, are both Christians, so we're not going to advocate lying, but I think helping change a person's perspective is something we can gather from that, that will allow them to go to the next level. So, yep. Yeah. And, and you can identify, uh, truth in the future. Mm -hmm. You can identify truth in an outcome or an end state that hasn't happened yet. And that's, that's why the easiest example for me is, you know, yes, you can lift that weight. You are strong enough to lift that weight, but I never have before. It's like, yeah, but you are strong enough. You just have to work to get there. That is, that is a truth versus, you know, I guess the lie would be you lifted that weight exactly. <laughs> or you ran that far or whatever. But, um, so yeah, so the point is really just, uh, cast a vision to motivate somebody. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, you know, as, as you've listened to Jeff and I, there's really been four areas that when you combine us, that we want to see growth in this year. 
One is in our health, and we're going to provide a downloadable resource so you can map out what you want to do in each of these areas. And then I'm also going to provide a fifth one so you can put one of your own in here if you want to, or you could just use these four. But something involving your health, a relational goal for the next year, okay? Team, uh, personal growth, which mine's reading books and how I read books. And fourth would be team building because leaders are incessant team builders. And then we'll provide another section uh, just for you to add a fifth one. If one of those top four that I'm listing is not one of your top four and you want to really focus in another area of your life, maybe finances, you know, something of that nature, maybe spiritual goals that you may have, but we'll give you a, a chance there to fill in a fifth one if you so desire. And that'll be what your downloadable resource. That's great. Happy New Year, everyone. Get your goals down. Think about where you want to go in life and serve others, not as a task, but as a purpose.